This is the Responsible Sports Podcast, presented by Liberty Mutual. Episode number 34, Tervel Delagnev. Responsible Sports is a program dedicated to supporting coaches and parents who help our children succeed on and off the field. Each episode, our host, Jim Thompson, Executive Director of Positive Coaching Alliance, will be joined by some of the most influential players and coaches to share their thoughts and experiences with responsible coaching and responsible sports parenting. In this episode, Tina Sire, Chief Impact Officer of Positive Coaching Alliance, steps in for Jim and talks with 2012 USA Wrestling Olympic team member and 2012 Pan Am champion wrestler, Tervel Delagnev. You know, wrestling is one of those sports that you have to be, you have to find encouragement um, through what some may seem as uh, discouraging situations. So, you know, I mean, have a bad practice, you know, there's something good that you can take away from it. You know, and always looking to the positives, always, um, you know, I don't even like saying, uh, you know, I had a bad practice, you know, I just, you know, I, I either had, you know, a great practice or I have things to work on. You know, I, today's practice revealed some areas of concentration, you know, just the language I use is, is real positive to myself. Tervelt shares with Responsible Sports his philosophies on training for wrestling and competition that, despite a very late entrance into wrestling, has enabled him to reach the sport's highest levels. With firm faith in himself and a positive outlook on every discouraging moment along the way, Travell has learned to love the process that is learning to be a great wrestler. Travell, I want to start off by introducing you to our audience. A native of Bulgaria, Travell Delognev moved to the United States when he was four years old. He began wrestling his sophomore year of high school in Arlington, Texas, finishing fourth in the Texas State Tournament in 2002 and third in 2003. Travell went on to wrestle for the University of Nebraska at Kearney, where he was a two-time NCAA Division II national champion. He also won a Division II national team title there in 2008. When he graduated from UNK with a degree in biology, he was a four-time academic All-American. In 2010, Travell was a gold medalist at the Pan-American Championships in Monterey, Mexico. In 2011, he placed fifth at the World Championships first at the U.S. World Team Trials, and first at the U.S. Open. Most recently, in 2012, Travell won another gold medal at the Pan Am Championships and qualified for the U.S. Olympic team by winning the Olympic Trials in April in Iowa City in front of 13,000 people. Now Travell is headed off to London to represent the United States in the 120-kilogram weight category. For those of you who are more comfortable operating in pounds, that's 264.45 pounds. Travell, thanks for joining the Responsible Sports audience and me today. Thanks for having me. So growing up in Texas, um, where we know football is king, how is it that you actually ended up being a wrestler? Well, I, coming from Bulgaria, my parents were never really big fans of American football. You know, they were soccer fans. And so I never, you know, I mean, when your family's not big into something, um, you know, I really didn't grow up watching it or enjoying it or anything like that. So I really didn't do any sports until I started wrestling in high school. My sophomore year, um, I kind of got motivated to get in shape. Um, I had never really been very active. And I would see the wrestlers just running and, and working out real hard. And so I kind of, you know, voiced to my PE teacher that it'd be cool to join the wrestling team because I think I could get in some good shape. And I, he told the wrestling coach, and the wrestling coach came and, and recruited me out of PE. And so that's kind of how I got started. 
That's great. Did it, being in Texas when you started showing so much promise um, athletically as a wrestler, did you ever have to deal with pressure to play football? Oh uh, yeah. I mean, once you know, once I had placed in the state my junior year, going into my senior year, the football guys kind of tried to recruit me. But at that point, you know, I had, I mean, I had developed a passion for the sport of wrestling, and you know that. That excitement, you know, to, to try and play football kind of fizzled pretty quick, and I just, you know, focused on wrestling because that's what I really wanted to do, and that's kind of the sport I wanted to pursue. Yeah. With that experience in mind, do you have advice for kids who might be feeling pressure from coaches of another sport or even athletes from another sport um, when, when they feel that pressure um, but they, they, they don't want to play another sport, how to handle that when, they, when they're sort of getting leaned on by a coach or their peers to play a sport they don't necessarily want to play? Um, yeah, I would just say that, you know, it's at the end of the day, I mean, the, the, the coaching world, you, you know, you just, a little understanding about it is, you know, they're just trying to get the next guy and the next guy and they're just trying to, you know, so, so I mean, at the end of the day, it's, 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 it's all about what you're passionate about and what you care about and what's going to fuel you and what you're going to be motivated about. So, you know, I mean, those coaches aren't losing any sleep if you tell them no and uh, you just have to keep things in perspective that, you know, um, to, to participate in a sport, especially the higher the level you go, uh, the more you're going to have to be internally motivated. And so that's going to come from a passion, you know, inside. And so um, you can't do things for other people. So, I mean, I would just, you know, really really say, say that to the kids that, that, that are feeling that pressure is, you know, really try to, try to focus on what you're passionate about. And obviously, you know, if, if you feel like, like that's something you want to try, multiple sport athletes, then go for it. But if it's just someone else telling you, that you should try it, then, um, you know, I would say stay away from that. Yeah, stand up and follow your own your own passion. Um, one of the things that I read about you was that when you started wrestling, even though, you know, you sort of started late, like officially, I guess, on your, your high school team as a junior, that you thought to yourself, I'm going to be the best in the world at this. And that really stood out to me because I thought, wow, even though he was getting a little bit of a later start, he had this incredible belief in himself from the beginning and I was hoping you could share with us where that belief came from. Well, my, my personality um, is kind of, you know, like that. I mean, I really want to, I like learning new things. I like absorbing, you know, new techniques and uh, whatnot, just skills. I love, I love learning. I love developing. And so um, anytime I get anything, I really want to try to be the best at it. And, you know, that's the first thing that I really kind of grabbed and got passionate about. Um, and so that, that was just, yeah, I mean, obviously at that point it was kind of a dream, but, you know, I really, I really believe in not limiting yourself. You know, I, I feel like you're just letting God put the limits on you and, you know, there's enough things trying to limit you in life. But uh, so I, I say set your goals high and, you know, let God take care of the rest. Yeah, I, I really love your the talk about sort of the focus on learning new things. And in responsible sports, we often talk about the constant focus on getting better and that, you, you know, you ask athletes to always give 100% and really know what it is they're working on and, and what they want to improve even over just like the next two weeks. Um, how are you going to be a better wrestler in two weeks than you are today? And I'm curious, what are some specific things you feel like you've done throughout your career to really push yourself to keep learning new things? Um, so even when you get to the highest echelons of the sport, you're sort of not satisfied. You continue pushing yourself. Well, um, one of the things that, you know, I would say that, I mean, is helps is wrestling is kind of a sport that 
calls for that. I mean, you know, it's like it, it's very difficult. Like, say, if you're a track athlete, to to really, you know, get faster every day. You know, I mean, it's just very difficult because there's limitations on the human body athletically. But uh, wrestling—that's what really drew me into wrestling—is um, there's so there's so much technical, strategic, and, and mental. Um, things in the sport and, and avenues to, to focus on and to improve that it's it's kind of, it's kind of one of those bottomless wells of, of knowledge that you can you know there's seven different Olympic champions and uh, seven different styles of wrestling to be the best in the world at that weight class so you know you're not limited to one specific thing you can make something that doesn't work for someone else work for you so that's one of the biggest things in just the sport itself but for me personally I feel like um, I'm, I'm really passionate about it because uh feel like, you know, God has given me talents and abilities, and, and I just want to glorify him through it. And so, you know, one of my th- biggest things that is, is loving the process. I love practice. Mm-hmm. I feel like I get a lot out of practice. I, mm-hmm. I am excited about the next opportunity to go out. Um, I always have a plan of things that I want to work on, things that, you know, I want to try to add, um, things that I want to improve on that I already do. And so, so always, always thinking kind of, you know, getting better every day, attitude, Mm-hmm. going into practice, and, and I think one of the, the biggest attitudes to have that helps with that is just enjoying what you do. You know, you can't, there's a difference between your coach pushing you and you pushing yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I love that quote, you've got to love the process. Um, and I mean, I think it's, uh, if you're not enjoying the journey, I mean, how much time are you, you know, spending in a competition on the mat versus the hours you're putting in in the gym? Um, you better be loving the process. So I think one of the things we talk about is that when you're pushing yourself really hard and you're trying new techniques, you're trying new things you haven't done before, um, inevitably you're going to make mistakes and not everything is going to come easily. And so I'm hoping you could sort of tell us what do you do or what advice, you know, again, could you give young athletes, young wrestlers when they're trying to learn something new and it's not coming easily what do you do to persevere and actually get to the point where you can master that new skill and not get discouraged? Yeah, that's a good question because, I mean, I still deal with that. I feel like every, you know, the higher up the level you go, I feel like the more finite you have to really think through your your um, your sport. And that's one of the things that, you know, is on my mind all the time. And I feel like wrestling is such a difficult sport. And I feel like, you know, any sport when you're really, you know, just into it and, and in the life um, and, and making it, and you're real passionate about it, you know, becomes difficult. But wrestling in particular is a very hard physically and, you know, sport and very revealing. You know, there's not much that kind of tells you your nature than, you know, putting on some, some spandex and walking out and, you know, <laughs> trying to, you know, it's, you know, mano a mano in front of thousands and thousands of people yep. trying to, you know, physically dominate your opponent. So, um, one of the biggest things that um, that I would that I would encourage people is to to really, like I said, always keep always enjoy what you're doing, but and and have fun with it, and and just stay positive. I, I do you know a lot of positive self talk, um, mm. you know a lot of things like that kind of help the mental side of it, and just finding you know wrestling is one of those sports that you have to be you have to find encouragement um, through what some may see as uh, discouraging situations. So, you know, I mean, you have a bad practice, you know, there's something good that you can take away from it, you know, and always looking to the positives, always, um, you know, I don't even like saying, uh, you know, I had a bad practice, you know, I just, you know, I I either had, you know, a great practice or I have 
things to work on. You know, I, today's practice reveals some areas of concentration. You know, just the language I use is, is real positive to myself, and and really uh, trying to trying to establish that. You know, I mean, obviously, I'm my own biggest critic, but um, at times you you really have to be your own biggest cheerleader too. You know, not in an arrogant way, but just in a just staying positive and really just believing in in um, in, in the truth that, that that you know, not not believing the lies, not getting discouraged, um, you know, not doubting, not being afraid, but just really, you know, remembering why you're doing this in the first place because you love it. Yeah. Um, well, you certainly have the sports psychology behind you. I mean, they're big into the positive self-talk, and uh, you know, when you do hit obstacles, turning that into an opportunity. Um, specifically in the freestyle format of wrestling, where you guys are you're wrestling like a best of three series. Um, you know, it's possible to sort of drop that first period and still have the opportunity to come back and, and win the match. What is your self-talk when you're in that position? Like if you've, if you've lost the first period and you know you have an uphill um, battle to fight, what, what would we hear if we were in your head in that sort of situation? Um, hopefully nothing. I mean, at that point, if I'm in the middle of a match, um, the, whole, the whole idea is to train your body and your mind so much off the, you know, you know, outside of competition that in competition um, you can be in the moment, and I can be thinking. You know, the most important thing during the match is letting letting go letting go of thoughts. You know, I can't dwell on the first period when it's the second period. I can't think about the third period when it's the second period. I, it has to be, you know, if you do something good, you forget about it and you move on to the next second. If you just if you know something doesn't go your way, you forget about it and you you know it's. You have to be in each individual second. So, um, so I lose the first period. Hopefully, if you're in my head, you hear nothing except uh, getting ready for my second. You know, getting ready, calm mind. You know, just thinking about the next second and um, just you know getting ready for for the next position. You may have heard this. I know a lot of athletes and coaches sort of call that focusing forward. Um, so not sort of ruminating on what's just happened that you can't control anymore, but really focusing forward on things where you can actually control. Um, your effort moving forward. Um, so, so one other thing that from the sports psychology is we know that when athletes are receiving, you know, five positive reinforcements or sort of tank fillers for around things they're doing well or things their coaches want to see them keep doing um, versus like constructive criticism or a tweak of something you're doing wrong that you need to change, um, that you actually need about five positive tank fillers for every drainer um, to keep your, the athlete's tank full and to lead to peak performance. And I'm curious if you've had any coaches, you know, whether it's at the high school level, college, you know, professional, um, international, Olympic level, any specific coaches who are particularly good at keeping your tank full. And just if you could tell us a little bit about what they did that made them so good at that. Um, I mean, I feel like, gosh, that's, that's an interesting question because I feel like there are, but the... Um, those those two categories aren't quite as bro- you know as as opposites to me. I feel like um, there's a, you know I, I don't know. I feel like I get a lot out of constructive criticism. I don't mm-hmm. really get offended. I don't really get discouraged. I feel like my personality is one that I'm always trying to get better. So um, especially you know obviously not in between periods he's not telling me that I should be doing something but like you know in practice if there's something that I need to be doing I want to hear it um, but no I feel like all my coaches you know to this point have had a very positive effect on me 
um, and and have kept my faith. I mean, I feel like one of the biggest things that that I feel like coming, you know, high school and especially my high school and college program was, our, you know, the coach had really built a team around a, you know, kind of a, a love each other mentality, kind of a family mentality, and so. Um, I think that that's a good way to to be able to stay positive and stay refreshed is when you know that your teammates, you know, love you no matter win or lose and, and just, you know, have that encouragement behind you in that way. And then, you know, my coach now, Lou um training out in Ohio, you know, he, he's, I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's all about, you know, he's always, you know, fixing things too. But um, but when, when, when the going gets tough, He's uh, he's right there, and he's always you know telling me I'm the best, telling me that you know it's my you know it's my time to win the gold medal this year, and so yeah, it seems, I mean I feel like you know all the great coaches know how to balance that. Mm-hmm. Travel, you you said something in there like you said it was just so obvious, but I really want to highlight it. You said that he's not coming up to you between periods, you know, during a competition, trying to tell you what to do differently or giving you constructive criticism. He's saving it for practice. And I think that's something that it sounds like you think is obvious, but I don't think all youth coaches um, have that same perspective. And I'm just wondering if you could say a little bit more about that, sort of like when is the time where you can sort of hear and digest constructive criticism versus times when maybe it's not, not the best time to offer that kind of feedback to our athletes. Yeah, I would say that, you know, I mean, as far as training is concerned, I mean, you're, you're always always seeking constructive criticism. I would say three weeks out of competition, two weeks out of competition. You know, depending, I mean, high school and, and college is, is a little different, you know. So, I mean, high school and college, you, I would say, you know, days before competition um, because you compete every weekend. Um, I, but, but, you know, if you're competing every weekend, I would say, you know, that first half of the week is constructive. That second half is, you know, you're, like I said, you're your own biggest cheerleader and everyone around you, you know, you can do no wrong. So, you know, I mean, the day before and especially the, the day of competition, you know, you can do no wrong. And so if you're, you know, once the wrestling's over, you know, if, if your coaches have something to share that you can fix, yeah, you know, obviously cool down and talk about it. But... Definitely, you know, during the match, it should be, you know, focused on the next action. And, you know, you, you shouldn't ever bring, I mean, I, I personally, I believe that you don't want to bring an athlete's attention elsewhere except for what's about to happen, you know, like we talked earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing we talk about with responsible coaching is that that some of the best coaches teach their athletes how to honor the game. Um, we sort of define that as respecting, you know, the rules, your opponents, uh, the officials, your teammates, and ultimately yourself in the way you compete. And I'm curious if there's anything you feel like you do specifically um, to honor the game, you know, when you enter a competition. Um, I mean, always, I feel like, I mean, the effort given is uh, is honoring to the game. I feel like I try to give 100% effort, you know, every time I practice, every time I'm in competition, you know, really trying my hardest. And, and, and obviously, you know, keeping keeping within the rules. You know, like, I mean, there's a difference between between getting intense and getting dirty. And, and I think that internally everyone knows that um, that line, at least when you're about to cross it. So, you know, there's... I definitely believe in, you know, picking up intensity. I definitely believe that, you know, especially in wrestling, it's a physical sport, so sometimes that line can be murky. But, 
there are definite things, you know, I'm, you know, I, I don't want to, I'm not going to poke someone in the eye, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to try to stay, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to up the intensity on my, on my legal techniques and try to get after these guys. And obviously, you know, especially when you get to these international tournaments, some of them, you know, like to cheat, but, um, just really try to, yeah, I mean, just, you know, be, be a person of integrity and, and, you know, win, win the right way. Yep. Yep. Um, so I guess uh, back to the the recent um, the recent present here in April at the Olympic trials, uh, you defeated Les Sigmund to get the spot for the London Games, and I'm curious if you can just tell us a little bit about your history of wrestling against Les in particular, and um, what do you feel really got you over the top this time at the trials? Oh well, our history, yeah. He um, his junior senior year of college was my freshman sophomore year, and um, we were. Competitors. I went to Nebraska Carney. He went to Nebraska Omaha. So same state, kind of in-state rivals. And so, never beat him in college. Um, he was bigger, um, a little more refined. I was about 220, wrestling heavyweight. Um, you know, always had decent matches, but got the better of me. We wrestled, I think, nine times in college. He beat me all every time. And then once, um, once we started freestyle, uh, it's been, you know. I, I think I had the first three, and then he beat me in 2010 a couple times. Um, you know, it didn't didn't really wrestle him very well. And then uh, the last couple times, you know, I mean, this year obviously in the trials, I feel like, I mean, I'm just I've just been getting. I feel like I'm just a better wrestler. I, I uh, you know, than I was in 2010. I, I mean, all my areas have have been getting better in, and and I um. Just going out with uh, with uh, a little more confidence in in you know my positions. I mean, he's a really good counter wrestler. So he, um, you know, a couple of the previous times that we wrestled, he was able to score off of my attacks. Um, and this time, just staying adamant about you know getting through my positions, making it make uh, you know wrestling where I'm comfortable um, was one of the you know the biggest turnarounds. Yeah. Um, I think this is a really important point and a really important story for, for younger athletes to hear. Um, I didn't realize that he'd beaten you nine times in college, and yet you still never gave up and got discouraged, and, and now you're the one heading to the games. It's a pretty incredible trajectory. Um, it just says something about you as a, a wrestler and a person. I, I'm, I'm curious in particular if there are sort of those kinds of life lessons that you feel like you've gotten out of wrestling um, so things that you feel like you learn through your sport that don't just help you on the mat, but that you use in other parts of your life. Absolutely. I feel like I kind of touched on it earlier, but I think wrestling is one of the most revealing sports. I feel like, it, um, you know, the kind of thoughts that, that go through your head uh, when you're about to step out on the mat, you know, it's, and that stress of, uh, of competition kind of comes over you. You know, it's an individual sport, so it's real personal and, you know, the kind of thoughts that creep into your head, the kind of doubts really kind of reveal, you know, the nature of a man. And so, so uh, just that and just kind of, you know, I mean, you know, you know, kind of plays into to my faith a lot and just kind of depending on, on you know, Jesus and, and, you know, the truths of the Bible and, and kind of dwelling on those and not the doubts that creep into my head because it's so easy as an athlete to kind of, you know, rationalize not giving a lot of effort this time or, you know, just, you know, trying to, 
you know, be you know, like think about what the crowd's thinking or whatever, you know, whatever whatever those those you know things that creep into your head may be. Like, what if this happens? And what? Is, how is everyone going to react to me? Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of pride that, that that kind of wants to seep in. Well, just kind of you know, learning to to manage those and 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 just being able to uh, to think to, to think correctly. You know, going into competition and just wanting to be there. You know, I feel like I've heard a lot of Olympic stories. It's like train my whole life for this one, you know, this one moment. And then when I got there, I was so nervous that I was like, hurry, I hope it hurry up and it gets over with, you know, and that just shouldn't be the way you think about your sport. You should, you know, you train your whole life for this moment. You should want to be there. You should want to experience it. You want to be in the moment. So no matter, you know, no matter how difficult it is, you know, we put ourselves to this grind every day that, you know, we've, we've been there physically. So, I mean, nerves, you know, it's mental. Um, you know, so uh, just just being able to, to think, and I feel like wrestling, you know, just just as difficult a sport it is, is also just giving me perspective and humility. You know, it's um, mm. I mean, it's it's one of those sports that you know you you have to be ready for everyone. Um, you could be having a, a tough day, or you know, your opponent could be having a good day. So you know, never never thinking that you're um, you know always always respecting everyone, but you know, never going you know always being confident in yourself. So it's you know it's it's kind of a double-edged sword where um, it gives you confidence and it gives you know it, it, and, and and you definitely have have belief in in that and, and your training and you know just that that faith and that confidence mm-hmm. and where you from where you draw your motivation and passion but um, but also you know understanding that 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 person wants to win too and they probably worked hard and and, and it's going to be a battle and it's never going to be easy no matter what you've done no matter how successful you've been. Um, the next match is the next match, and uh, it's never going to be easy. So that perspective kind of carries on into life, you know, where you know a lot of people feel like feel entitled and they feel like they deserve this or they deserve that. And it's not about deserving; it's just about you know doing what you think, you know, you know, living living right and uh, submitting to to the authority of God and just going forward from there. Yeah, um, Travel, you gave me a nice segue to my last question. And I just wanted to hear a little bit about sort of the approach you're taking for the Olympics and what your goals are for the Olympics and just talk us through a little bit. you got to be leaving here, what, in about a week, um, sort of what your goals are and, and how you're approaching the Olympic Games. Um, my goal is to be the Olympic champion. And so, you know, that's always been my goal. And that's, I feel like, you know, it's, it's very realistic. Um, and the way I'm approaching it is, I've, I've wrestled most of these guys. I've, uh, you know, beat a lot of them, and you know, so the the bottom line is I, I believe I can do it, and I know that um, I'm going to give 100% of my effort and uh, kind of let God, you know, do my best and let God take care of the rest because um, you know everything everything that's been put in my control, I want it to be um, at 100% effort and. Um, and just 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 really be excited about the opportunity, and 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 really have no um, not hold anything back is is kind of the way I'm approaching it. That's great. Well, Travel, I want to just thank you so much for taking the time to share with me today and all of our responsible sports listeners. I know it's a busy time um, getting ready for the games, and I think some of your insights and your philosophies are really going to be helpful to our listeners, whether they're student athletes or parents or coaches. And um, you're going to have a whole bunch more people pulling for you now in London. So best of luck uh, at the Olympics. Well, thank you so much. God bless.
To learn more about responsible sports, including downloading valuable tools on how you can help youth athletes stay positive in youth sports, visit responsiblesports.com. You'll find helpful responsible sport parenting and responsible coaching guides, downloadable tools and worksheets, and advice from leading youth sports experts. Music for this podcast has been generously provided by APM Music.